Welcome to 39-Minute Conversations. Please wait for your host to begin this meeting. Your meeting is now being recorded. Hey, can you hear me? Can you see me? Uh, yeah, I can see and hear you. Oh, great, great, great. Good to see you. It's good to see you. I'm very excited to be doing this. Yes. Okay. But before we get started, I do have to do a quick ad read. I hope that is okay. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, great. So this week's episode of 39 Minute Conversations is not technically brought to you by the new podcast, 38 Minute Conversations. 38 Minute Conversations, a podcast about people reconnecting with old friends and making new ones, but they only have 38 minutes to do it because they <laughs> will not be paying for Zoom Pro, but they also don't want to be greedy. 38-minute conversations. If you've only got 38 minutes and you hate both silence and the actual people in your life, check it out. Okay, great. So today I am talking to a really great friend of mine, Brian Arnold. Brian is a podcast creator who created the podcast 39-Minute Conversations, which will be concluding its first full season with episode 39, which you are currently listening to. In addition to that podcast, Brian is also a successful screenwriter and lives at in Hollywood. <laughs> he does not like when you keep the key under the mat because he thinks bad people know it's there. Brian, how you doing? <laughs> I'm so good and I'm bleeping my address. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me. Yay. So if everyone hasn't picked it up yet, today's a special episode. It's the final episode of season one of 39 Minute Conversations with episode 39. We're switching up a little bit. Today, we will be interviewing the creator of the podcast, Brian Arnold. I mean, Brian T. Arnold is sort of the name that I, my, my like work name, but that's fine. Brian Arnold. <laughs> What's the T stand for? Uh, Timothy. I thought you told me once that that's not real. You just added it. No, it's real. It's um, if you want to be real, it's my, my, it's Timothy. My dad's name is Timothy. His dad's name is Timothy. His dad's name was Timothy. And uh, they let my sister name me instead. So they kept the Timothy in my middle name. But um, wait, how old was your sister when she named you? Uh, she was she had just turned four. So you could have been spaghetti face. I could have been spaghetti face. I think my parents probably hopefully maintained some veto power. Um, <laughs> but four year old runs the thing. I was That's actually fine. named after a, a a boy in her cooking class at the library. Does she still talk to him? Uh, they have been married for thirty years. <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> very, very. They got married very young. It was West Virginia. I was just gonna say thank you for saying it, so I didn't have to. Yay! <laughs> um, so basically, you've been the one asking the questions. You started this podcast to to reconnect with people and make new friends. Yes. At the time during the pandemic, so we're just gonna turn it around. You ask you some questions, get to know you a little bit better on this, the thirty ninth episode of thirty nine minute conversations. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. And I'm very, I was very, I felt very good about naming you uh, as the host of this episode. You were the first, you were the first guest. Um, you're one of my best friends. I trust you implicitly. We've to, come full circle. We've come full circle on season one. So Dennis, thank you for doing this. And I'm excited uh, to, to talk to you this evening. I'm excited to talk to you too. Let me ask you this. So the yeah. first podcast, just starting off, let's talk about the podcast to start. Mm -hmm. So the first episode came out November 1st, 2022. Yes. It's been oddly 40 weeks since that. <laughs> uh, and the final episode will be coming out uh, to Tuesday the 8th. 
That is correct. 40 weeks later. So my first question is, what's that one week? What happened? That is a very good question because they were two weeks I didn't record. So now I'm curious um, what happened. Like, why is it? It should be like 41, maybe. I'll tell you that I put into a thing how many weeks between this date to that date, <laughs> and it said 39 and six days. Well, I took I took one off because for Christmas and one for July 4th. So I took two weeks off just in the middle there for holidays because I figured people weren't listening uh, on those days as opposed to the you know hundreds of thousands who listen now. Uh, those so, are like big travel days, like people driving and listening. I I guess. You know what? I I screwed up. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So from November 1st, 2022 to 40 weeks later today, yeah. what is the biggest change in your life since then? Oh boy, uh, podcast related or or un, or not pocket or just any any change? Uh, no, any change. Biggest change in your life in the last forty weeks? Um, it's a good question. There's a couple things that kind of that have happened in this uh, time period. Um, right around that time, like October first, is when I started dating my girlfriend. Um, uh, so it was like right. Um, right at the beginning of this, the the relationship is lasting at least as long as the podcast, maybe longer. We'll see after we record this episode, after this episode. Forty comes week out. relationship uh, <laughs> at the very least, you know, probably longer. Uh, and then, of course, obviously, um, uh, the strike has been a big change. It's changed kind of the way I do things. Some of the people that I talk to, some of the strategy of episodes, um, in in good and bad ways, because I I have tried to like there's certain topics and things I've tried to avoid. I've tried to avoid like promoting AMPTP content and things like that. And I've also met a bunch of people on the picket lines that I got to have on the podcast. So guests that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, so, but uh, you know, but the, so overall the strike has been very positive for me. A lot of great, a lot of great stuff has come out of it. Wouldn't it be really funny if season two of this podcast started and we just don't ever mention the girlfriend from season one? <laughs> <laughs> something just something just happened in between seasons. As uh, listeners of this podcast might find that funny, uh, my girlfriend who's listening to this probably will not enjoy that. Too. Does she listen? <laughs> she does listen. Well, you always say how much you love her and how mm -hmm. wonderful mm -hmm. she is. I do um, all the time. Every uh, whenever off air, mostly obviously, because you don't want to like make this whole thing about the relationship, but definitely all the time. So you brought up the strike. So when you yep. started this podcast, it was all about the fact that the pandemic was kind of winding down. It mm -hmm. felt like it was starting to wind down and you feel like you had lost touch with a lot of people. You weren't feeling very social. Right. I, I know you very well. You do. Um, I would say the strike starting really got you back out there in a way that you find to be safe enough and also has a big enough reason to get you back out there. And I feel like that's been such a good way of getting you out there, socializing you again. Do you feel the same? Do you feel like you still need the same thing you needed when you started this podcast? Or do you feel like you've found that again through the strike and other ways? A little bit of both. I will say definitely like the, the podcast, like really probably would have been the smartest to start it if it had started like, you know, early 20, like mid 2020. Like that was when like people were really locked down um, but I, I started feeling the urge to, to, to do this podcast as people were starting to get back out there. And I was still much, very much like, but it's the pandemic's not over, which is still not over, but I was still in a place of like, everybody else is right now. <laughs> I believe you. Um, during, like, so like I was seeing people kind of getting out there more and I was still like, it's really not as safe as we all are kind of acting like it is, but I do miss being social. And I miss, I, I like seeing that people are out there. 
but I'm jealous that I have FOMO and I want to catch up with people and do these things, but I'm still more cautious than most. Um, so yeah, the podcast, um, was born out of that probably later in the pandemic than most people would start a pandemic theme podcast. Um, but yeah, the, the strike has changed my day to day in a lot of ways. Like I am, um, outside around large groups of people, um, <laughs> most <great>. days. And, <laughs> you know, there are days when like, there are still days when I'm like, well, this is too crowded. I'm going to put a mask on. There are days when, um, sure. like I, right now we're in a little bit of a, a spike that I'm reading about. So I'm probably going to be masked a little bit more out there depending on crowd size and my proximity to them. But yeah, no, at, at least in terms of like seeing people and talking to people and being social, I have met more people in the last, you know, two, three months of this strike than I had in the previous two to three years, uh, which has been which has been good. So like in some ways, the podcast is sort of um, a little bit redundant in some way, you know, like it's it's I'm already kind of having those conversations and relationships that I wasn't having in the middle of the pandemic. So the, the urge that you were feeling to start this podcast, mm -hmm. nature mm -hmm. kind of took care of it in its own way by giving you a not by giving you by introducing you to your girlfriend. Sure. And by and by shutting down our industry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all I needed. I needed forcing it. I needed, you into the streets. I needed. <laughs> I, yeah. All I needed to like really become a person again was uh, a normal girlfriend, a, um, a, a pandemic, uh, the pandemic winding down enough to like, to, to feel relatively safe ish, but then yeah, being forced into the streets by the AMPTP uh, to be, to be made to be around other people. Like those two things, like almost, they made me be a person again, I guess. That's great. I will say, yeah. uh, this might be sharing too much information. We can mm. cut all this out. Anything we'll see. Do. I will say the way you attack uh, the strike is kind of similar to how I view you attacking screenwriting in that mm. it you once you get sparked to something, you're go, 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 go. Like you, when the strike started, you were there like five days a week. You were there every day. Yeah. Where before that you were like, I'm not leaving my house for more than 30 minutes at a time. So you went right. from from really sealed off to hard back in. And I feel like with your screenwriting, it's the same thing. I, the, the script that really broke for you, mm -hmm. I believe you wrote that in a week. I uh, watched you write it in a week. The first a, a version of it in a week, a version of it in a week. Yes. Um, yeah, that is definitely a fact about me. That is both, um, um, it's frustrating for me and also like kind of a point of pride in a sick way. Like I wait, explain those two things. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I would love to be more like the way you write. Like you are a person who I is very old scripts. I change the titles. Uh, I know. I loved not Casablanca. That was like my favorite <laughs> thing that you've written so far. Here's the thing. That's not cheating. That's a different take on it's Casablanca. It, they always were like, um, and I always like uh, the other one that ended with, um, what was it? Uh, forget it, Jake. Just this isn't Chinatown. That was like a really good script. I forget what you called it. Did you say forget it, shake? I said forget it, uh, shake. I tried to fix it, and I should have known you'd call it out anyway. Um, I, I truly, yeah. You are a person who can sit down like every day and like and just write every day, and I am jealous of that because I do want to have that kind of discipline and dedication, but I struggle with that a lot, and I'm much more of a person who um, to both positive and negative ends maybe can like for months I can like stew on an idea and kind of let it percolate and try to figure it out uh, kind of in the background 
Uh, but then once I'm like, okay, I've got it now, I'm going to sit down and write, it can flow out very quickly. Um, yeah, the, the script that the first script that kind of got me in the in some doors in Hollywood got me my first uh, manager and agent. Um, I wrote in a week, like I had just come off of a, um, uh, I wrote for a diversity comedy sketch showcase. And I, once that was done, I was like, well, what am I going to work on now? I haven't written a screenplay in a while. I've been so focused on sketch for so long. When is the nickel due? So I looked it up and it was like a week from that day. And I was like, well, I guess I'm writing a script in a week. And I did. And it was an idea that I'd had for a long time that had like, so it wasn't like, but it was the kind of cool thing about writing a script that fast is you don't have a lot of time to like second guess things. You don't have time sure. to talk yourself out of things. Um, so I did a lot of, uh, wouldn't this be the craziest thing for a movie to do? Well, I guess that's what I'm doing. That's what I have time to do. Um, so that's sort of, but then it does hurt you sometimes too. And it's something I need to be more disciplined about in terms of like when I'm, you know, working with my managers or I'm working with a producer, like the timeline is, it's not my own anymore. So, you know, being able to sit down and write every day would definitely benefit me in those situations. But yeah, there are times like I will say, like, even I did an adaptation of um, uh, a graphic novel that hasn't been announced yet that I, you know, what's uh, the name? Uh, it hasn't been announced yet. Uh, well, I mean, what? What are we doing? It's the, it's the finale. <laughs> uh, but a uh, but if you are familiar with uh, Professor X, sorry, keep going. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but I did an adaptation of a graphic novel thing, and like it was again, it was almost a similar thing of like, I mean, adaptations are a little different because it's almost like a rewrite from the get go. But at the same time, I like I had a draft of that in probably ten days after a couple months of not writing. So. I can write fast when I want to, but I do wish I could like write every day and still and finish on a similar timeline because it's the same thing almost of not writing for six months and then writing it all in a week versus writing every day for six months. It just doesn't, it's harder to justify it though. You know, I will say that the, the biggest thing, not the biggest thing, but something that I have only become super aware of, and maybe this sounds really dumb to everyone else, but in like the last five years or so, mm -hmm. is, this is going to sound really simple, is just how different all of our brains are in mm -hmm. terms of everyone has their own process, everyone has their own way, they have to do it. And when you don't know that, you're like, why are they not doing it the way I do it? Why can't they do it the way I do it? But truly, everyone's brain is different, everyone has their own system to get there. So if you can get there, however mm -hmm. you do that, I think is great. Yeah, ultimately, From, go ahead, sorry. No, I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was going to say, ultimately, that is the only thing that that matters is having the finished product that's good. And we both the weird thing is you and I, I think, will both like take about the same amount of time to write a script. But for you, it is, you know, every day. And for me, it's like, well, I watch TV for five months and then here's a script. Uh, so like <laughs> and Ali, the script is a lot like those TV shows. <laughs> Um, I will say from the from the other side, we were roommates at the time when mm -hmm. you in the seven days you like you were a sketch writer for a bunch of years and I was working on screenplays constantly. Yeah. And then you were like, hey, I'm going to write a screenplay. I'm like, ha ha, good luck. <laughs> and then in seven <laughs> days, you wrote a script and then it like took off. And I was like, well, time to kill myself. Um, delete that. <laughs> no, it's very happy for you. But truly, it took me a while to figure out how everyone's I know, again, I know how stupid this sounds because we all know this, but everyone's process is different. Mm -hmm. People used to ask me, a question I used to get was, hey, I don't really like writing. 
but I still want to try and be a writer. Does that make sense? And I'd be like, no, that's crazy. And now I absolutely say, yeah, you don't have to even like it to do it. I know lots of people have succeeded in this industry who don't like writing, who just do the work, have figured it out and can do it even though they don't like it. So everybody's different. Everyone's process is different. Yeah. And I would say too, that like, it's not even necessarily, maybe for some people, maybe some people genuinely don't like writing. I, I struggle like writing. I was listening to an interview today, a piece of an interview with uh, Charlie Kaufman, uh, who was talking about like, they asked him, Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman, uh, He's a screenwriter. He's written um, several movies. Oh, good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He's done. He's done pretty well for himself. And in this interview, in this interview, like he was like, no, I wouldn't say like writing brings me joy. Um, it's something I, I torture myself over. It's something that I struggle with and make myself do because it pays my mortgage and it pays my rent. And I just and I want to put good things out there and I don't want to put garbage out there. So like I, I that's what stresses me out over it. And I think similar in a similar way i'm very much like charlie kaufman i keep telling people um (laughs) that like i don't like the act of writing for the most part isn't like oh my god i'm writing today this is the best but like but the feeling of having written and like knowing that like i like it and i'm proud of it i makes up for the fact that the act of writing is sometimes a struggle for me okay and i will say that there are definitely parts of writing that are not my favorite thing in the whole world either Like there's parts that you're like, just got to keep going, must push through this part that is not fun. But when you first were like, ooh, I want to write a movie, mm-hmm. clearly there's something there that sparks you. What is it that like early on writing wise, you weren't thinking, I can't wait to have a completed screenplay. You were like, sure. ooh, I have a neat idea. Like what sparked you early on? Like early on with that script or like in my like, like in as a life, in my life, like, I want to write a movie. And like you sat down and start writing that you weren't immediately like, oh, this sucks. But man, when it's done, I'm going to feel good. I think the difference is when you're young you're just have so much hubris about like oh, this is true. already this is already mm. perfect like this is already like such a good movie like i uh people who listen to the podcast probably know like a little bit of the story but like when i was in middle school i entered a short story contest the short story I entered was like what if there was a fourth naked gun like it was all the, it was like a, a short story based on frank drebin and the naked gun movies um when I, the first screenplay I ever tried to write was uh, X-Men 2, because I was like, somebody's got to figure out, somebody's got to write this. Wow, it's totally come full circle. It's totally come full circle. of that graphic it. novel and, I know, and your first script. That's absolutely, crazy. Absolutely, definitely. Definitely them writing X-Men. It's going to be crazy. Huge. Um, but that would be a great moment. So after the strike is over, I'm willing to listen to Marvel if they want an X-Men writer. Um, Good luck, Marvel. <laughs> um yeah if you want a script and like if you want to like give me notes like just thoughts for eight months and then finally like just a script shows up at your door i'm good at that um but so but like like i'll say this like my one of my first scripts i wrote that wasn't like based on ip like it was like i'm going to try to figure out something on my own a story to tell like the first script i think i remember writing was about a teenage screenwriter who makes it in Hollywood and dates a starlet and like yeah, life everybody. is good. It's everybody's first script, I think. I worked uh, at a, a Wendy's for my senior year of high school and there's a guy who, everyone who worked at Wendy's only worked for, uh, there were the people who worked one month and then got fired and they were like the new people and the people who worked three months and then got fired and they were the lifers. Um, <laughs> but there was a guy who came in, I feel like everyone's first 
thing of doing stories is just aggrandizing themselves. And he was like, we'd worked a couple of nights. And he was like, hey, I actually write stories. Could I read you a couple? So as we were working at Wendy's, he would read his stories. And the main characters were all named after him. And they were all just doing cool things. And his name was like Joe. And it was like, you did it, Joe. You saved us. And Joe said, you're welcome. It was like <laughs> totally oblivious to the fact that like, this is just like pumping yourself up. But yeah. Oh, sorry, 100%. Going. So like, so I think when you're, when you're first writing, you're already have it in your head that like, I'm great at this. I'm going to be a phenom at this. Like the, the rules aren't going to apply to me. Um, and then as you get older and write more and start getting notes and start realizing how far you have to come along, you're like, it, the, the it's the reality of the business and writing kind of sucks a little bit of that joy out of the experience. But at the same time, you still are in love with the finished product and you're in love with movies and you want to be part of that world but it's not the same. It's like, it's, it's like learning how a magic trick works. Like you'll never love magic the same way, but you love it in a different way. And I think Ooh. that's kind of what it becomes. Ooh, hold on to that for a second. Cause we're gonna come back around. I didn't know we shouldn't be advertising any movies in any way, shape or form. We are that not. Anything that we say is uh, not an advertisement. It's a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That being said, the, I would say, Everything you just said, I completely agree with in terms of the things that are the work aspect of this and realizing as you grow up, what actually goes into this and the actual work section of this and what is not fun. The part that still absolutely gives me joy mm -hmm. is the short period of time where you have an idea mm -hmm. and you're just, I, here's the thing. And I'm wondering if you even do this because most of it is you sitting, letting your brain do it before you just go. I love sitting down with a blank document, having like a title and just brainstorming the shit out of that idea and being like, ooh, every idea you could possibly come up with and your brain's going, how about this? How about over here? What if they do this? What about a scene like this? Ooh, what if you turn it this way at the midpoint? Ooh, like that is still like joyful. Like that is still like, I still get the sense of this is going to be the best thing that's ever happened. And that goes away real fast once you start. <laughs> yes. But like the the amount of time that you're brainstorming the idea and it's nothing but possibility still absolutely gets me excited. Oh, I still get excited. Like I don't outline to the same degree you do. Like you are such a, like a, a, a planner and you know, every beat, you're such a structure guy. Um, and I'm much, but like, you know, this from living together and still to this day, how often we'll talk on the phone about stuff. Like we'll call each other with like, okay, but what if this happens? Wouldn't that be the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen? Like yeah. we still do that. We still have those moments, but like, it's different than then it's like translating it and make getting it to work and then getting it through the system. So it it some of the joy gets sucked away, but this yeah, the discovery is never not exciting. Yeah, completely agree. That being said, so what we were talking about a little bit earlier about how you grow up, you get older, the kind of the innocent young joy of doing this kind of goes away a little bit. Am I a depressing but, person? Is that how is that what this podcast is discovering this? No, episode? yeah. Oh my God. Okay, good. No, not at all. The um, so in the same way, watching movies has become that a lot where we write so much, we know mm -hmm. so much about so many movies are not the same, but the structure is based not not the same, but a lot you, of you can see the strings easier once you've yes. been writing a while, whether it, like people can do different things with it, but like it takes more for a movie to surprise me than it used to now that we know what we know. Surprise for sure. And then to invest in it as opposed to like being like, oh, I see why they're doing this. Oh, they're setting this up for later. Oh, mm -hmm. oh I see. Ooh, clever versus mm -hmm. versus don't go in that room, Johnny. Like, you know what I mean? Like as opposed to like right. you're in the story and it's got you. Can you remember the last movie that you saw that you were like, I'm in this. I'm not watching this. I can. Yes. Um, 
um, I think this movie is actually relatively safe to talk about because the studio has um, is not part of the AMPTP and has had waivers to like um, to to SAG actors. So I think this is okay to talk about. But if I'm not supposed to, this is an endorsement. Don't go see it. Uh, Past Lives from A24. I'm going to go see that. (laughs) Uh, I'm telling you not to go see it. Don't. <laughs> uh let's say there's going to be spoilers for past lives in the next two minutes so if you're listening right now move ahead five minutes i'm gonna what try not about... to i'm gonna try not to spoil it too much as soon as it flips back to me i'm spoiling the shit out of it so <laughs> what did what did you love about past lives what do you think got you past lives just had a it was sort of in the vein of movies that i love that the sort of like romantic drama the sort of pining and nostalgia and lost love and all these different things that like are very effective but also like you've seen before sometimes. So it takes something kind of extra special to like, whether it's the characters or just some, something else about the movie that makes it uh, stand out and not feel samey to everything else. And that's true of every genre, I think in every movie, but past lives had a, uh, I'll, yeah, we're going to spoil it. Sorry. Skip ahead. Um, uh, the main character's husband in most of these movies would be, like the villain would be the, I don't want you seeing your ex. I don't want you spending time with them. What does this mean for our relationship? And he was like so supportive and sweet and like um, in a way and, and struggling to connect with her and wanting to connect with her. Like they took what could have been such a cliche character and made it like so much extra depth to who he was and what that relationship was for her that you all of a sudden weren't necessarily rooting for this lost, this past life love story to, to work out because you saw that the relationship that she was in was maybe the right one for her. And I've, I don't think I've seen that done that well in that kind of movie. It was very adult and very complicated in the mm-hmm. way that life is. Yes. I will also say and apologize if this is incorrect. And I, this is very easy to probably just find out, but this is, <laughs> The yeah, the hair on my neck literally stood up at the exact same moment of. I love that movie. I like when mm-hmm. a movie. I really love when a movie nails a feeling where I'm like, ooh, it's putting me back in here. Like like uh, in Boyhood, where they stay mm-hmm. up all night when they're visiting college. I was like, I feel this. Like I'm I'm back mm-hmm. in there in my system. Like this mm-hmm. is doing it. Um, and then with past lives, when they were doing the Zoom calls long distance in like different parts of the day, and they weren't really even talking that much. There's not a lot going on, but they still like doing the Zooms. And it's like that feeling was like correct, where you're like lonely, you're talking to this person in the city, you're not really engaging in. It was just, I love that. Yes, I love that movie throughout. But then the moment when the husband calls out his role in the story that they are in, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, I could feel my hairs go up in the back of my head. I was like, wait, what's going on? Like what? Yeah. It, it like elevated it. Yeah. And then a beautiful line of dialogue that I'm probably going to butcher here. I know exactly I, what line you're going to say. What am I going to say? Uh, you dream in a language I don't understand. It's, 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 it's even the kind of thing where you can work it back and see how they're setting me up for it. And I do not care. It's such a good line. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, researching the writer director of that movie, it's a, personal story sure so in my brain i wonder what i do what i was thinking as a writer myself is the husband character so complex and grounded and real as opposed to just being villain like because the writer is sharing this with her husband who is who is a writer in new york and she can't make him like bad guy like i'm still if i was gonna show, <laughs> right if i was gonna show my girlfriend a thing where somebody's thinking about cheating like the characters this personal i'm thinking about cheating it's like you better ground the shit of everything and make it more like 
not I mean that's almost a chicken egg thing is it is it great because that relationship is good or is it or is the or is the relationship being good made her like really work extra hard on that character beat I don't know it doesn't I don't know if it matters to the movie itself but what for whatever reason that's just that relationship is so beautifully drawn that uh yeah all, you're, the whole movie you're like man I hope these two uh lost loves get back together and by the end of the movie you're like stay away from her she's married and you start thinking ah uh, life's tough <laughs> uh the other one not that this is the only one we're talking about the other one is barbarian oh yeah uh, absolutely I had no idea. Everyone was like, everyone was like, watch Barbarian. Don't watch anything before you see it. I had no mm-hmm. idea. I had no idea what Barbarian was about. And that movie, I I can't remember the last movie that just loved effing with you so much. Mm-hmm. It was so smart about it. And the thing is, you could not track it the way you track a script. Like I watched it two times in two nights because I was so I love that movie so much. At I believe I believe the big reveal. The big reveal does not happen at the midpoint. Does not happen at the act one break. It is not the inciting incident. It's like what forty minutes in, like forty minutes minutes in, in. forty minutes in, which is not a time where my brain is expecting any big change. Forty minutes in, and then for twenty minutes, we're following a different character. As it says, it was it. I I was constantly surprised and delighted because it was doing whatever it felt it wanted to do, and it was doing it exceptionally well. I could not get ahead of it. Um, this this is how Dennis and I talk all the time this is most of our conversations um which I which I love um but again we are not endorsing any uh AMPTB content right now we were just discussing film in a critical capacity don't watch no movies (laughs) not till they give us the money watch them because not I'm not telling you to watch them but watch them because the creators need their residuals and to know that they're doing well and to make money off them but don't tell people you're watching them. I don't know. I don't know exactly, but you get it. You get it. I will say the other one, I apologize, last one. Yeah. Uh, the the um, the car chase scene in the latest Mission Impossible. Um, Excellent. It, it was the feeling I had when I was a kid where I was literally like, ooh, 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 smash it. Like where it was all practical and visceral. And I, I literally was like wincing at things. And it's been a hot minute since that has been the case. Yeah, no, those movies are. I love. I love the Mission Impossible franchise. Um, I say without endorsing it. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, Thirty nine episodes of this podcast. Yes. Thirty nine unique people. Thirty eight unique. Thirty eight unique people. Well, thirty nine if you count yourself. I guess so. Yeah. Is there a piece of advice, Mm. life or screenwriting wise, that you remember that you? As is like part of your system now that you retain. All the advice was great. Everyone talking was fantastic. Love all the interviews. But is there one piece that you're like, ooh, this is oh, like still in my system? From this podcast. Oh, like 39 man. minute conversations. <laughs> I thought you just were talking about like life and stuff, but from this podcast, um, man, no. <laughs> No, I'm so um, sorry. No, not at all. I, I yeah, I screw out, those guests. I tuned out everybody. Uh, no, we I get it. Um, but no, I, I mean, I talked to so many amazing people. Um, I think two of them. I'll, I'm just kidding. I will say some of the best advice I think I got in terms of just not necessarily writing, but just I'll say like because like I feel as a somebody like a wannabe director, like I I was most 
like the things that are outside of my of my world my experience were the things that maybe stuck with me the most so talking to other directors like talking to people who were directing making shorts making features like kind of getting their experience on what that was like what they learned what it takes the idea of just like just start making shit and don't worry about how good it's going to be yet um that kind of were things that I felt like I needed to hear and was very interested in because because like like writing advice like it doesn't stand out to me as much for the most part talking to people because it's already like I feel like I'm just like talking to a person like we're just kind of exchanging our shit because we're both in the same world so the advice and things that stuck with me more are from people whose experiences uh aren't mine yet you know we I mean we've talked about this you in a perfect world you'd like to direct and shoot your own stuff yeah one day yeah when you say one day what do you feel like you would need to where do you need to be in your life to get there that's such a good question. I was talking about this earlier today with my wonderful girlfriend. Um, I was talking about stay tuned uh, for season two. <laughs> um, I was talking, I was talking, I was talking to Mel, my girlfriend, and um I was sort of talking about sort of the Mel I- is Mel is short for Mel's. Mel is short for Mel's. Um Mel is short for Melissa. Um oh, I was gonna say Melanie. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so I did um now I don't even remember what we're talking about. Oh, so like the with with improv and sketch and all the things that I used to do, I used to I, what I used to do, I feel like was split my focus among so many things. And that's why I wasn't making a lot of headway in any of them. I was trying to act. I was doing improv. I was doing sketch. I was trying to write and like I was putting my focus so much I wasn't giving anything enough attention. Sure. So the only time like I started making headway as a writer was when I was like, this is going to be my main focus and it has to be for a while. This is the thing that I'm best at. This is the thing I have. I can probably get my foot in the door the easiest with what I do well. Um, when it comes to the idea of directing or improv or acting or any of the things that I do kind of aspire to do. The big three, directing, improv, and acting. <laughs> well, I look at people's careers like like Albert Brooks and Mark Duplass. I'm like, those are the kind of careers that I want. Somebody who can conform, perform, produce, write, direct, all those things. Yeah. And But I... I feel like until like I'm more settled as a writer, like everything else is just like such a risk. And like, I I haven't, you know, spoiler alert, I'm not rich from my writing yet. I've made, you know, some money off of it, but it's not How to much? the point where I'm like, uh, <laughs> but it's not to the point where I can just be like, I'm just going to put some money down and make a movie or I'm going to put some money down in acting classes. I, I keep telling myself, and maybe this is a mistake. Maybe I need to just go for some of these things. Um, like I will do those things when I am more settled as a writer and, um, you know, make a more slightly more consistent living, I guess. Okay. We're, we're the same person basically. <laughs> okay. But what you just said, I completely agree with, but also the fear is exactly what, what I also fear in that, we have now been doing this long enough where we know the game of you can have a real good year mm-hmm. and then you can have a couple of real down years yep. or you could have a couple of real good years and we're like it's it's it is it is all over the place mm-hmm. so my fear is i want the same thing you want of like i want to be settled in and be like have this much in my bank account and feel steady in this way and blah 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 before i put my next i did a micro budget feature in like 2016 before i had any paradox success. lost not named to be film great great movie you should watch it Free on Prime, Paradox Lost, 2016, micro budget. Remember that. I love my movie. <laughs> Great movie. Um, but my fee- I, I, I do the same thing where I go, 
yeah, when I get to this amount of my bank account, then I'll put this aside and I'll do my next micro budget movie. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you just keep waiting, and there are people yeah. who make that plan and then the plan is a great plan and they go, oh yeah, great. Mm -hmm. I sold my TV show. We did a first season. Now we're going to get a couple months off. I'm going to shoot my feature in between that. And it's a good thing I waited. Yeah. But it's like, not everyone gets there. Most yeah. people do not. And we've also kind of, we're jaded. We're, jaded is the wrong, maybe the wrong word, but I think we know enough about how this business works and how the sausage is made that like, oh yeah, when you make an indie movie nowadays, you almost never even make your money back on it. So like, not, if like- Not almost never. You will not make your money you will, back. You will you will 99.9% .9 not make your money back on the it. The problem is the 0.01%, the the 0.001% who keep thinking I'll be the one who makes the money back. If you do, great, miracle, but you Wonderful. can't go in- no that so like dead. exactly so like that's one of the things that holds me back too because it's the idea of like well i know screenwriting has paid me and will pay me uh more hopefully so like then i'll do uh the directing then i'll do these other things that i want to do but i also worry about like yeah am i gonna die without having things done but like everybody does so um everybody dies <laughs> everybody dies everybody doesn't accomplish everything they want but like that is the goal is like writing main career and then pick up the other things that I do also want to do. Do you now feel this kind of is against everything you just said? So I apologize. But now no, that your 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 life's opening up a little bit, you're getting back mm -hmm. out there a lot more. Mm -hmm. Could you see yourself going back to improv as like a hobby? Or are you like still that would eat up too much of your time? That's too indoors. Are you that's, asking that's me to do a two per? Are you asking me to do a two person team with you? Yes. Um, so I am Beachwood a boys because that's the, where you live. That's gonna be another bleep. Um and. Um, I'm still nervous about being on a stage. Like, I think I could do it. I think if I wore like a mask in the audience and like, I trusted my scene partner or partners to like be pretty safe and like we're on stage together. Um, I think I could do it, but like, I'd be a little nervous about it. I was listening to the latest, how did this get made? And Jason Manzoukas got, um, COVID again from like somebody who was doing improv with. So part of me is like, ah, um, did so he names? he did actually. Did he? Who'd he say? Um, don't Anthony, say it. he said it. Anthony Atolniak, I think that's how you say it. Oh yeah. And um, it was he got it first, and the next night Neil Casey had it, and then the next night Manzukas had it. That's very funny. Have so, you like, ever had COVID? Not officially, but I think so. Like January, February, twenty twenty, I was very, very sick and lost my sense of smell before I knew that was a before any of us knew that was a COVID symptom. So I, I, it was before tests. It was before we really knew COVID was here. Uh, and I was very, very sick with it. Um, but I, I will never know officially if I had it, but I would say, yeah, I think I did. But you've never tested positive for COVID. No, I haven't. Wow. You're the one that's left. <laughs> Knock on wood, man. Jesus. Your blood. It's valuable to us. I just, I just don't go places no, uh, indoors. If the world though was like fully back open and you were mm -hmm. like COVID's gone, there's nothing, there's no, would you mm -hmm. want to spend more time doing that? Or do you feel like that's a waste of time? Like the improv, the extracurriculars, do you feel like you should be focusing all your time on girlfriend and writing to get forward in those things? Sure. Or are you like, oh, I miss my hobbies? I think, I think hobbies are good too. I think, I think the one of the reasons I stepped away from improv aside from just, I, I feel like I'm scattering myself too much was I was putting too much of my heart and soul into improv. Improv is such sure. an easy thing in LA and probably New York. I didn't do that in the, in the improv scene. I wasn't in the improv scene in New York, but Ohio, um, Ohio as well. Uh, no. When you're all these places, uh, improv is so easy to like fall South into Jersey. and be like, this is my life now. And, Wisconsin. and 
other things can take a backseat. So I would do improv again. I would do improv again if I knew that like I can give this the appropriate amount of attention and not and still write and still have a life outside of it. Okay, we're getting close to the end of this. Not so much that it's. Let me ask you this: a year from now, or thirty nine weeks from now, Mm -hmm. where do you hope your life is? What do you What do you hope is different thirty nine weeks from now? I hope the strike's over. I hope uh, I hope some of the projects that I have on the back burner because of the strike uh, are moving, and my career is kind of in the in a better place than it, you know than any of us are in right now. And hopefully, maybe starting to work on something to direct if those things have fallen into place. You have more specifics for us. That's a very general. Your meeting has ended. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to 39 Minute Conversations, hosted and produced by Brian T. Arnold. Music by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tune in for new episodes, and don't forget to rate and review. If you didn't like what you heard, please don't do any of that. That's okay, too. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and be well.